0: You're listening to The Morning Punchin' Show with R.B.N.J., live and direct for more cities and an Instagram model's bio. Get ready for some boxing talk on the clock. Let's face it, you're not working and somebody's got to pay for the Wi-Fi.
1: Good morning, everybody. It's The Morning Punchin' Show, the most unpredictable, unscripted, but always real morning boxing talk show in the game. Today is Monday, October 2nd. That's right. We're in a new month. It is October 2nd. We made it through September, and boxing looks to round the fourth quarter and close out the year strong. This is your girl, Jay. RB is traveling in Durham, North Carolina to promote her upcoming show on October 19th. So I'm holding down the fort for her today. Um, We will continue with our show. We will have Jake Donovan joining us for Jake's Take. Our special guest today on the Hotline Blink is none other than promoter Lou DiBella, who will call in and discuss the ongoing situation uh, with Deontay Wilder and his fight falling apart. And we'll hear about uh, some of the other fight cards that he has coming up. Again, RB is traveling. She could jump in later in the show, but she is a busy, busy woman and... She is going to try to join us at some point during the show. Again, if you're in the Durham, North Carolina area, her show is on October 19th, and it will be headlined by Bailey versus Massey. Today's hot question for the show, in light of his recent positive drug test, what should happen to Luis Ortiz? Luis Ortiz, of course, is the heavyweight who is supposed to take on Deontay Wilder, so this is another positive Performance enhancing drug test that he's fit, another uh, failed drug test. So, what should happen to him? Reply to me uh, at Giandra LaBeouf or use uh, in your response, use the hashtag TMPS and we will read your response on the air. A lot of uh, positive performance enhancing drug tests in the heavyweight division, and Deontay Wilder looks to be getting the short end of the stick again with another opponent falling apart. So with that, before we jump into the fight recaps and uh, Jake Donovan joins us for Jake's Take and Lou DiBella joins us for today's Hotline Blink, let's take a quick commercial break and get it out of the way so we can get right into the boxing news.
0: For all the latest news, interviews, and boxing schedules, visit BoxingInsider.com. Providing readers with everything from the latest fight schedules to interviews with your favorite boxers. BoxingInsider.com has you covered from top to bottom. BoxingInsider.com is looking for new writers. Think you have what it takes to join the team? Submit your articles to our team at info at BoxingInsider.com. Visit BoxingInsider.com today. The only boxing website where you become the fifth man in the corner. When the mind is ready, the body prepares for war. So next time you engage in battle, protect your hands with the best. War Tape, the original branded tape. Order yours now at wartapebrand.com and see why the enemy will fear you. Wartapebrand.com. We put hands on you.
1: Just to recap the other fights, uh, Jake Donovan will be joining us on the show to talk a little bit of World Boxing Super Series and the other topics that he has ready for Jake's take this morning. Just to give you... Uh, Some updates. Golden Boy on ESPN Deportes this weekend. Gary Spike O'Sullivan defeated defeated Nick Quigley with a sustained two-handed assault, and the fight resulted in a stoppage in the fourth round of action. A completely dominant performance by Spike O'Sullivan, and with the win, he looks to face Gennady Golovkin in the future. That's right. Upon winning, he says he is campaigning for a shot, a middleweight champion, Gennady Golovkin, but he knows that he needs some more wins other than just over Quigley to get that fight. So, good luck, brother. There's a lot of people waiting in that line now. Also on the card, junior in the junior lightweight co-feature, Darden Zunaj scored, th- scored three knockdowns en route to a third-round technical knockout over Riquet Dule. And, uh, yes, a great win for him, Dulé's record fell to 10-3 and three with seven knockouts, so that happened over on the Golden Boy card. Over on the World Boxing Super Series card, and I'll be bringing Jake Donovan in momentarily to talk about that, Marius Bredas retained his uh, WBC Cruiserweight title by defeating Cubans, Cuba's Mike Perez in a decision. Judges' final scores 114-112, 115-111, and 116 to one. So a great, great, great night of action for the World Boxing Super Series. If you haven't had a chance to check out any of these fights, the Cruiserweight Division, these fights are excellent. You have a number of title holders, and you truly have the best in the division. So with that segue, I'm going to go ahead and bring in our guy, Jake Donovan, so we can talk a little bit more about the World Boxing Super
0: Series. Jakey, <section it> You're rocking with the morning punching show
1: with RB and J, and now it's time for Jake's take. take, take she Good morning, Jake Donovan. Good
2: morning, Jay. How are you? Shout out to RB. Thanks for letting us uh, take this ride in your absence as you're out on the grinds in North Carolina.
1: Yeah, the inmates are running the asylum, so you know. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, the, running the asylum. we'll see what we can pull off here. But what's going Absolutely. on, Jake? What are we talking about uh, this morning on Jake's
2: tape? Yeah, we're going to talk a little bit of everything, talk about a little uh, World Boxing Super Series, uh, revisit the uh, Canelo Gennady Golovkin pay-per-view. We got the numbers in. And then, of course, dr- our favorite uh, topic, drug testing. Uh, before all that, uh, thoughts and prayers to everyone suffering from the overnight attack in Las Vegas, the horrible terror oh. attack with uh, the crazy shooter that uh, they're calling it the worst terrorist attack. Well, they're not calling it a terrorist attack, unfortunately, but the the worst attack in U.S. history. But Las Vegas, the boxing capital of the world. So thoughts and prayers to everyone out there.
1: For those people who are unaware of exactly where this mass shooting in Las Vegas took place, when there are big super fights in Las Vegas and they put the media tent outside in a parking lot, the parking lot where they erect, like they did with Mayweather McGregor, Mayweather Pacquiao, where they erect the big media tent, that's where this shooting took place. So, right. like Jake said, our officers are with those people. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, transitioning back into the business of boxing, let's start with the world. Yes. Boxing.
2: Yeah, so, you know, we're getting one step closer to the uh, the semifinals. Myris Bredis, he advanced to the semifinals with a win over Mike Perez. That's the good news. The very bad news, the fight was probably the worst main event of the super series so far uh kind of going back to a little bit of good news there were two matchups that had the potential to be more intriguing than entertaining and this was one of them the other one could be Jurgen Brommer and uh Brant later I think that's the last of the the quarterfinal round so this one I didn't like the fight from the beginning from the simple fact Brita's had the opportunity to pick Dmitry Kudryashov he instead chose mm-hmm. Mike Perez he's Kind of been taking the safe approach ever since he's entered the world title stage. He was one of the most explosive cruiserweights coming up, and then once he got to Marco Hook, it was kind of a another stinker of a fight in which he won the title. And now here against Mike Perez, this is just a horrible clinch, clinch fest all night. Perez had a nice thought. He was, you know, he said he was going to shock Brutus and you know give him a different look that he's never seen before, and he did that early. He just couldn't sustain it. Um, a lot of over officiating. Uh, Perez lost a point for a ridiculous WBC rule where when there's a headbutt. the fighter who doesn't get cut winds up getting docked a point. It's a horrible rule because the guy who gets the cut could be the one initiating the headbutt, but Perez was the one who suffered. I I didn't think he should have lost the point. I mean, he wasn't going to win the fight anyway as it went on, but it's just, it's a horrible rule. I'd like to see the WBC update. It doesn't take effect in the United States. So uh, stateside fans really don't get to see that rule very often when it comes into play, but it's, you know, it happens overseas. I hope it gets abolished, but uh, Brita's lost a point later on for uh, holding. It was just, he got the win. Hopefully he looks good the next time. He's going to wind up facing Alexander Usyk in the semifinals. Usyk is the number one seed, and in the opinion of some, he's favored to win the tournament. Very dangerous fight. A year ago, this was actually a cruiserweight fight that I said he was going to have the cruiserweight division lit. This is a fight I want. I said i go anywhere in the world to see this fight. Now it's like his past few performances. I'm like, ah, I might keep my passport for something more interesting. But he's got, by, his own, by his own admission, he has a lot of work to do. Uh, you know, when he goes to face Usyk, He knows Usyk is a different uh, breed altogether, so he's going to have to step up his game. Where he really dodges a bullet, according to the seeding, Usyk is number one, Breedis is number three. He really should be facing the winner of the upcoming um, October 21st fight between Marek Gafiev and Christoph Lidartjev. So in my opinion, he dodges a bullet because Gassiev just has that brutal one punch back. He can knock anyone out on any given night. Cruiserweight, heavyweight, regardless to anyone. So I think you know Usyk is probably Usyk may very well be a better cruiserweight, but I think it's a better matchup for Abreu than if he would have faced Morikawa.
1: Yeah, I was just going to ask you about that. You know, he, Usyk is favored to seed at number one in the tournament. Do you favor Usyk over Gassiev?
2: <laughs> well, you know, when the tournament was first, uh, when all the matchups were first done, I was like, Gassiev is like the most dangerous number two seed in the world. If he wins, though, if he beats Lodarchic, which he should, he's got to face Junior Dordakos. So, I, he's theoretically favored over Dordakos, but, I mean, that's another fight. I mean, everyone was looking so far within the fight last week with Dordakos and Kudryashov. Uh, Gassiev and Dordakos is another fight where a knockout can happen at any given point in the night. So, and we really don't know what kind of punch Gassiev could take yet. According to the heavyweights squad, far with him, not only can he take a punch, but he's also the most brutal puncher they've ever faced. I mean, I know guys that have fought either Klitschko in world title fights, and they've sparred with Gassie, but they said Gassiev is the hardest punch that they've ever been in the ring with. So, wow. you know, I I, I, I got to favor that kind of power, especially a Cruiserweight. But, I mean, to say he's going to get past Dordico, that's – you, you got to wade through a lot in order to get to that point. So, it's, it's a long way to the finals, really, for anyone. But right now, I would say Usyk is probably the closest thing to a sure a bet to advance to the finals. I will say that much.
1: I, I've been in the gym with, uh you know, in media days with a number of fighters, right. and there's only – fighters that made me shrink away when they were working the pads <laughs>
3: getting
1: yeah. One was Marcos Maidana. Watching yeah. him do pads, Robert Garcia made me shrink away in fear. And the other is Murat Gassiev. When I went up yeah. to the Summit Gym, watched him pounding away on uh, the water-filled bag, and he right. thought he was going to break it like a pinata. And that man sometimes <laughs> frightened me. Whoever is on yeah. the recipient of that punch is going to have a hard morning the next day. Yeah, absolutely.
2: I know. I remember when Chris Ariola was uh, training for the fight with Travis Kaufman. He said, you know, he was sparring with Gassiev up in Big Bear. And, like, it just got to the point where, you know, he was actually in very good shape for that fight, but then the next day he would come in to say, hey, Gassiev is on his way. And his reaction would just be like, ah, oh, shit. It's just like, of all people, that's just the one guy you do not want to see in sparring. Because Gassiev always brings it. Sparring, fight night, whatever.
1: He's a tough kid. Definitely a tough guy. I, favor, yeah. I still favor him. I'm going to stand with my pick of uh, favoring him to win the whole thing. So we will wait and yeah. see with that matchup.
2: Yeah, I, like I said, he's
1: my pick. I, actually, I'll, I'll go ahead and reveal both my picks. I picked him,
2: and in the Supermate division, I'm actually picking Chris Eubank Jr. I think he's going to win the right. He's going to shock a lot of people. A lot of people clown on him. You know, he's had his weird negotiations in the past, but – there's no turning back now. He knows he's in this tournament. If he pulls out, he's, it's, you know, that's career suicide, but I think he knows what he's oh. in for, and I, I think he beats any super middleweight in the world right now, and if he were to fight Billy Joe Saunders in a rematch, I'd heavily favor Chris Eubank Jr. in that fight as well.
1: All right. Well, with that, we turn the page on uh, the World Boxing Super Series. Let us go ahead and switch over to Canelo versus Triple G numbers. Yes. You know, this week, uh, some of the numbers have been Trickling out the reports, of trickling out, which led to a joint statement. It was funny, too. It was between Golden Boy Promotions and GGG Promotions, not from K2, right. but Golden Boy and GGG Promotions in the press release saying that those numbers were not true and that they were still counting. Jake's take on that. Right.
2: Okay. Um, theoretically, yes, that is true. The way they want to now count numbers, yes, there are still more numbers to be counted. They're counting online sales people who purchase ring tv and you know any other format the, the problem with that is the pay-per-view tallies have always come from just traditional pay-per-view sales from cable and satellite providers you know like for example the manny pacquiao you know a ploy with a manny pacquiao fight that set the record from cable and satellite it didn't take into account any other way you purchased the pay-per-view so yes golden boy wants to put out a different number i don't know why they're disappointed with lance pogmeyer's report lance pogmeyer is like the one guy in the game where if he says something, I'm going to believe it's true. I'll take his word over anyone else in the game. Lance Pugmire has that reputation. And he, he, I know he has his pay-per-view sources. All of us do have some sources. Lance Pugmire, he's going to do his homework before he puts something on paper. If he's saying it's $1.3 the the number's $1.3 million as far as the cable and satellite provided. It could trickle up. Pay-per-view sales always tend to. I know promoters, they joke that they still get a residual check from a, a pay-per-view that happened 10 years ago. You know, those numbers mm. just... They just kind of come in every once in a while. For example, Pinello uh, and Cotto, that was announced at 900,000 pay-per-view buys. A year later, HBO's accounting office confirmed that it actually wound up being 938,000 buys. So, yeah, it could go beyond 1.3. But right now, as far as all the trends and when such numbers are reported, 1.3 million would be the number, which puts it at about $100 million in pay-per-view sales. You know, that's not counting the movie theater sales and, you know, online pay-per-view sales. So th- this event was a massive event. It was a very good fight. And it generated a hell of a lot of money, and a lot of interest enough to where people want to see a rematch. So it, it was a rousing success. It just really bothered me that Golden Boy went after some uh, a, a respectable reporter like Lance Podmire like that. It's, yeah, it, it makes me want to yeah. take a knee for Golden Boy's next fight. To be honest, you know, I'm gonna
3: uh,
1: stand
2: with Lance and take a
1: knee. <laughs> I don't know. I I. I... I, I have my theories, but I'll keep them to myself. But, yeah, I hate to see Lance Fugmire hung out there to dry. He's a good guy, right. does some good reporting. I enjoy story and his style. And he seems to be a very, very trusted voice in the sport. So to do him like that was uh, kind of womp, womp.
2: Absolutely. And then here's my other problem with Golden Boy. Every time they seem to put out a number, it always turns out to be exaggerated. Last year when Canelo fought Amir Khan, the number they tried to put out there was 600000 my sources, Kevin Ioli, was actually the first to report it, but then I went to my own sources, and we discovered that the event generated about 30 million dollars in pay-per-view sales, which comes out to roughly 465, 475. Golden Boy disputed and disputed and disputed that number. They, you know, they had their people call me up trying to bully me and say it's 600,000. You got to put that number out there. You guys don't know what you're talking about. Months later, with Mitch Abramson, who was still writing for Ring Magazine at the time, which Golden Boy owns. Mentioned that the fight did 600000 Eric Gomez actually went on record said, oh, well, the fight didn't do that much, but, you know, we know where you're trying to get at, Mitch. So it's like they actually caught themselves in their own lie, and they do this all the time. And in their defense, a lot of promoters do it. I mean, you know, Bob Aram will throw out a number for his pay-per-view, and then we'll find out months later after everyone reported it that it's usually about 100000 sales left. So, you know, Golden Boy yeah. isn't alone in it, but it's just, you know, just stick with the 1.3. If they want to come out with a the number, the number later great. on and say, hey, this is what you reported, but with online sales, we made $150 million in sales, you know, great. Do that later on. Just celebrate the fact that this is a great event for boxing, despite, you know, the official outcome, of course. But as far as making money
1: goes, I mean, it was a rousing success. Yeah, it's great. 1.3 is a great number. We've seen pay-per-views in yeah. 2017 that were as low as, what, 165? With the
2: Yeah, exactly. 135, yeah, for the rematch. Yeah. And, yep. we've and I'm
3: going to say this.
2: Yeah, here's the real storyline. If, you you know, you want to talk about Canelo. He is one of only two people in the 21st century to have two pay-per-views in the same year do one million buys or better. He did it with Chavez in May. I think it went just over one million. And now this one. The only other fighter, you know, Floyd Mayweather didn't even do it. Manny Pacquiao in 2011 when he fought Shane Mosley and then the third fight with Juan Manuel Marquez.
4: Those, that's the
2: only two times in 17 years that a fighter has sold one million or more pay-per-view buys twice in a single year. There's your celebration. No need to be negative. Be
1: positive. Man. I will have a $1 million. Sell. if somebody gave me $1.2 million, <laughs> trust, it's a celebration over here in the hood. So congratulations Absolutely. to them regardless. Lance Pugmire, I got love for you. I definitely got love for you. So let, moving on to let's talk about Wilder Ortiz. And this is huh. a great convoluted topic. You know, when I first heard the announcement that Ortiz tested positive for performance-enhancing and drugs, and I sat and I thought, has had a positive drug test. I went and did a quick Google, and it is. Right. And I yep. And every heavyweight manager is licensed to Beyonce Wilder, and I texted you. I said if this was a Scooby Doo mystery, <laughs> I would totally <laughs> accuse somebody of sneaking into the houses of all his opponents and putting PEDs in the protein powder or injecting yeah. them with something in their sleep. And we're going to talk about that more also when Lou Debella goes on. But let's get Jake's take on Wilder Ortiz's PED. Fiasco,
2: and then uh, that'll. Yeah, it's it's ridiculous. I mean, you know, I'm sure you saw I wrote a a, a piece on my brand new home on BadCulture.net about how yeah, I would like welcome. to see the show go on. I, I wrote that with the thought of I don't want to see Deontay Wilder's career interrupted any more so than it already has been. I at this point I couldn't care less what happens to the Louis future as a boxer. I mean, if they decide he's suspended for the rest of his life, he deserves it for surrounding himself with idiots. All right. Even in giving him the benefit of the doubt that he's on this high blood pressure medication, which he is, you know, even if he's just using it for that, it's his team's responsibility to disclose that. when they are filling out the lot of paperwork. You know, if there's a section that says all oh, you want, any medication. And there's also an area where you're supposed to request for uh, therapeutic use exemption. They did none of that. They left it blank. Then when he tested positive, now all of a sudden, hey, you know, we were at Walgreens a month ago and we got this high blood pressure medication. And I know he was in the hospital, he was hospitalized over the summer for hypertension, at which point he was prescribed this medicine. The Florida Boxing Commission approved that, so that's why I tried to give him the benefit of doubt in that regard. But it's still utter stupidity on their part. Once you test positive for performance-enhancing drugs, it is your responsibility to prove without a doubt every time you enter a fight that you are a clean boxer. I mean, he should be wearing a Vada ankle monitor, letting them know at all times where he is anytime they say, hey, you got to pee in a cup for us. He should be going to them and saying, hey, I'm ready. I'm clean. I want to prove that I'm clean. They shouldn't be looking for him. He shouldn't be missing press conferences. And his team, damn sure, shouldn't be missing those sections on paperwork. That is just a horrible job on their part. And if they decide he's not going to – if the commission says, well, even if you've got high blood pressure, maybe you shouldn't be boxing, that's on him. There's no pity party for Luis Ortiz whatsoever at this point. Yeah, I mean, he's, he right. on paper, he's 38. He's probably a lot older. But, like, Deontay Wilder wants to fight him. same way he wanted to fight Alexander Vivekian, and he had to be dragged out of England. Say, no, we're not going to Russia. We're going home to Birmingham. The fight is canceled. The same thing will likely happen here, and I believe his team has already, you know, taken the steps towards trying to secure another opponent. Hopefully it's not Berman to but on five or six weeks' notice, you know, we're likely going to get that. But, you know, if there is a way for the fight to happen and Deontay absolutely wants it, then I want it for Deontay. Because at this point, I think everyone would want to see Deontay knock out Luis Ortiz and say this is a major win for boxing. Here is arguably the cleanest fighter in the sport because he's the one guy who is standing up saying, I want Vada testing for all my fights, and he's the one that keeps testing clean, and his opponents are consistently testing dirty. And the the sad part is, even when they're getting substitute opponents like when Pavekin tested positive, he had Chris Ariola, who failed two drug tests. Granted, it was for marijuana. But now, if Ortiz is out, it's going to be Berman Severn, who last year tested positive for performance enhanced drugs. You know, he played ignorance, and he's been enrolled in the program ever since. But, you know, the moral is that the heavyweight division is just loaded with drug cheats. And it's like Deontay Wilder eventually is going to run out of clean opponents. It's just, it's a shame because he wants to prove to the world that he is the best heavyweight in the world. He just can't get a clean opponent to, to plead that case for him.
1: They said he had high blood pressure and that um Bermaine Deverne had cramps in his calves. And I haven't right. played this in a long time, and i just I got to play it this
0: morning for this. Why the fuck you lying? <laughs> Why you
3: always
0: lying? Mm, oh, my God. Stop fucking lying. <laughs> Stop lying, man. Indeed.
2: Stop. Yeah, I mean, just, all of this is just...
1: Protein, shape, You start testing yep. positive multiple times. It's like, what's happening? Let me ask you this, Jake. So, I we we see this happen <clears throat> right before Wilder's going to fight. It happened with Vatkin, It happened with Ortiz. Strowman. It yep. happened afterwards. <laughs> right, Raven, do you think that these fighters are continuing to cycle these PEDs, or do you think Quan learn Do you think Quan learning that they're going to fight against Wilder? They start cycling in PEDs with the, the fear of, well, not fear, of just wanting that extra edge around Wilder. Do you think this is a habitual thing, or do you think this is something they cycle, thinking they can cycle it right back out, like, once the press conference is? All right,
2: I, I'm going to disclaim this with, this is wild speculation on my part. I'm not accusing anyone of doing this, so I don't want losses coming my way. But, I mean, I, I think it's a little bit of both. I think it's just fighters, it's just... You know, the, the, their nature, it's like they're just, they feel like this is normal. They have to do this, this is part of their training regimen, and they just can't break that cycle, you know, literally in this case. So, and maybe there is a the thought, okay, now I'm fighting for the heavyweight, you know, championship. I, I need that extra little edge now. Maybe if I do it now and then I come up clean three weeks later. You know, I, I, the big thing with Ortiz, too, for people who are theorizing that, you know, the, um, what he was using, the high blood pressure medication, he was actually using it as a masking agent. He wasn't at the press conference on September 20th, and then two days later is when he produced the, tesitive, uh, the test that produced positive. So mm-hmm. that's the theory, that he was still trying to cycle off. and I, I don't know. It's just, it, it just gets it's, me angry, because this is the last heavyweight fight of the year that everyone was looking forward to. We had Joshua and Klitschko earlier in the year, and then right. Showtime was really, you know, they had uh, Joshua and Kudretulev fighting on October 28th, and then a week later it was supposed to be Waldo Ortiz, that's the perfect way to set up Joshua Wilder for 2018. Yeah. And now, yeah. I mean, if Wilder fights, there's still a little bit of momentum to build towards that. But you wanted to see Deontay fight Wilder, fight and beat Luis Ortiz to set up that fight. And now all that momentum is squandered. It's like it's the ultimate she moment in boxing. We just can't get away from. It. Every time something good happens, we have to have something bad. It's just, it's you just gotta so have a black
1: guy. It's yeah. very it's frustrating, frustrating, frustrating for Wilder because this is just more and more time, war time more time, and more ring rust, and more inactivity, and it just makes the idea of the Anthony Anthony Joshua fight in the future a little less sweet, not because it's not still a great matchup, but we'll see Deontay Wilder at his best, and we can't get Deontay Water at his best if he's not active. Anthony Joshua's yeah. in this fight. Matt's room has plenty of guys to keep him busy until they get there. But on the American side here for Wilder, we want our great heavyweight champion as well. And we're being prevented from seeing that because we have these fighters who keep initially testing positive. It's really tragic. And we're looking forward to uh, getting Lou's take on that as well. Yeah, definitely. Uh, And one thing I want to say, exactly. One thing I want to
2: say, one thing I found very interesting was WBC's response to all this. You know, they said they they know that the fight's on November 4th. They don't want to keep ticket holders up in the air. They don't want to keep Deontay and Lou up in the air. They got to make a ruling. But they said they're actually getting feedback that fans are getting angry that all these fights are getting canceled. It's like, why are you angry about progress? I mean, you know, that's the downside. Yes, we're losing fights. The upside is we're getting rid of the cheaters one by one. So. You know, and with that the case, like I said, I wrote the piece saying, you know, hopefully the show goes on, but I mean, if the WBC is going to take a zero tolerance policy, then obviously the response you want to see is, Luis exactly. Ortiz, pack your bags, find something else to do for a living, because you're not going to box anymore.
1: Absolutely. Hey, you're all in, all out, or you're in
3: support if you make any
1: decision on it? You might as well say, I'm okay with it. Well how about this? Why don't we take a quick commercial break? I think I uh, so we'll take a quick couple commercials and we'll be right back with
0: Champs Boxing Club and Fitness, bringing the city of Danbury a safe, clean, and professional boxing gym. Located on 128 East Liberty Street, Champs Boxing Club offers you more than five trainers who are all either current or former professional and amateur boxers. Look us up online at champsboxingclub.org for a full description on membership rates, discounts, and more about our facility. Also, check us out on social media at Champs Danbury. If you're ready to join, send us an email at cbcdanbury at gmail.com and we'll get right back to you. Or swing by and visit. We look forward to you joining our team. Come see what all the buzz is all about here at Champs in Danbury, Connecticut. John Francis Agency is comprised of dedicated insurance professionals who manage risk, protect wealth, and cater to clients' personal and business needs. We offer disability coverage for boxers as well as life and liability insurance, career-ending injury insurance, along with illness insurance, is also offered through our agency. For more information, please visit us online at johnfrancisagency.com or call us today at 732-497-9624. John Francis Agency, our daily grind, is protecting your wealth.
1: And we are back. Welcome to the Morning Punchin' Show with RB and Jake and and Jakey, Jakey, Jake Donovan, Jake in the Box. Twitter. To recap the show, if you're listening in for your girl, RB, she is traveling. This week, she has been this for a long time. If you are in the Durham area, make sure you support your girl and see her cart on October 19th, put off by Raging Bay Promotion, headlined by Marco Bailey versus Massey. So if you're in the general area, you got family in the area, your cousin, the auntie you haven't talked to in the show, send them to the check out a great night of action. She on a great, great show. So make sure you go out and then, if I'm not mistaken, the North Carolina state title is on the line in this fight, and it's been a number of years before they've had. A fight in the area. So make sure you go out and support this great event and pick up some tickets, or hey, just buy some tickets and um, uh, you know, so they can make some cash and then give them away to charity. Send them to hey, now that's a great idea. If you're listening to the show and you're in the local area and you can attend the fight, the tickets are very reasonably priced. Buy some, and if you can't attend it, give them to um, a local gym, a local pal, where the kids are training to become boxers, because I know these young people are to professional fights. So support a great event and donate to the kids and pick up some tickets and all that great stuff. We are waiting for a and I am here with guy Jake Jonathan. We've been talking about the World Boxing Super Series, and we've been talking about the recent positive drug testing of uh, Deontay Wilder's potential opponent Luis Ortiz and what should be done with him. I'm going to take a look. We posed a hot question this morning about what should be done with him. One of our listeners, uh, our Nashville Boxing, said his fate should be a fight versus Deontay Wilder, which was kind of what they wanted to do anyway. So shout out to Nashville Boxing for our card. My own thoughts on the hot question of the day of what should happen to Luis Ortiz. I think he should ban. I think he should be banned. You know, one positive test, they're banned for what, like six six months, something like that. I think if you have a second positive drug test, you should be banned from the sport for three years. I don't care. If we're going to adopt a zero-tolerance policy, three year, you get a three-year ban. I've seen other sports where they get harsher penalties for marijuana usage, and nobody out there is smoking any bud well, to get, to get ready to <laughs> make their performance that much better. In fact, you might curl up in the corner of the rink and go oh, to the this go up? I don't
3: understand
1: the harsher penalties for marijuana usage than PEDs. I think he should be banned for like two years. Uh, Jake, what do you think should be the ultimate penalty if you could wave your wand and penalize Ortiz for the, the positive drug test? Uh-oh, did I lose Jake? Oh, I'm
2: sorry. I'm sorry. I got interrupted. Uh, You're asking me what the the ultimate uh, uh, penalty should be for Ortiz. Yes. Uh, If you
1: if you have your way, well, how would it be?
2: (laughs) If I was a commission, I I will say, you know, not keeping the thoughts of you know Deontay Wilder wanting the fight. If I was a commission and it happened at my house, I I agree with you. It should be a lot stiffer penalty then you know, the nine months he got the first time. I mean, he got nine months the first time and whatever fine he had to pay. And he was barely apologetic when he tested positive for that. It's like Golden boy had to kind of force him to say, hey, if you want us behind you, just admit to it so we could all move on. And here he is once again trying, you know, now he's talking crap to Deontay Wilder saying, Yo, I'll provide a hair sample, you know, let's, let's bet our paychecks, you know, that I'm clean. Well, you're not clean. You're already provided it. So if I was a commissioner, and again, I see a guy who's not taking, you know, any accountability for his actions, You know, nine months last time, I'd say at least two years. And at 38, that's probably a death sentence to his career. I I hate to use that term in light of everything that's going on, but that's, you know, he's not looking at a a promising career when he comes back at age 40, if he even is that young. So, but I I would say a minimum of two years and a very heavy fine. And even if he were to fight, I would say this, you know, being that he produced a a positive drug test and he didn't fill out the paperwork properly, he already can't enroll in VADA at this point. So being that he can't, participating in drug, random drug testing until november 4th even if he were allowed to fight you can't fight for the title you lose at least half your paycheck you're still going to fight deontay wilder but it's going to be a non-title fight or you're going to get his dragon rights if you win and the accusation that you cheated in order to win so if he still wants to go through with the fight at that point then it's on him but i mean that's if the commission were to allow it but you no know, with the zero talent policy in mind he should be banned for a minimum of two years in my opinion
1: all right we have a caller from the 212. Let me double check and make sure this is not our guest, this is developed. 212 two You're on with the morning punch and show. Who is this? Uh,
3: boxing fan 101.
1: What's going on, boxing fan 101?
3: Oh, I'm just listening in. Um Yeah, just listening in.
1: While we have you on the line, what do you think should happen to Louis Ortiz after this recent positive drug test?
3: Um, I mean, I would, what I would do, I would go to his medical doctor and get some type of uh, evidence if this is the case, and then go from there. I mean, if he has a case of having taken this, you know, medication, you know, that's one side of the story, but, uh, you know, if it's totally intentional, then, you know, Maybe a suspension, then.
1: For a short suspension, a long suspension, what do you think is just, if he did, uh, in fact, take a-
3: I mean, really, truly, it should be maybe two years, two, three years, yeah. All right. Well, thank yeah. you, sir. I'm going to put you back. We're going
1: to okay. on with the show. Right. Mr. DeBella, in just a moment. While we are waiting, I will go through a couple... Uh, in case you missed the topics from the week that have come across the news wire. Here was one that uh, caught my eye that I thought was interesting and, and factual. Canelo, we, you know, we spent some time at the top of the show talking about Canelo and, G and the pay-per-view numbers and the potential for a rematch. Yes, everybody wants to see that rematch. Canelo says he wants to see a rematch. G so definitely wants to see a rematch. Right, so in their infinite wisdom, the WBC will now be communicating with all the parties I think to rematch each other. Charlo doesn't seem like he's willing to step aside. He wants to get that WBC mandatory fight against Charlo. There has to be a mandate to rematch middleweight title every year. So there is a potential quarterback unless they pay Charlo a whole money, But that's just speculation. We will see what happens with their decision and we will wait the outcome of that and see if we, in fact, get the rematch in May or if something else derails it. Um, I'm going to pick up another caller while we're waiting. Let's see who this is from the 917. 917, this is the Morning Punch and Show. Who are you and where are you calling from?
4: Hey, ladies. All right. I'm calling from a dog park in Seacliff, New York. It's Blue Development <laughs>
1: What's going on, Lou DiBella? I
4: don't know, man. I woke up this morning. at six. man. I, the, the world is a messed up place, let me tell you. It is. You know, it's like, it, 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 you know, it, it's a, on one hand, it's a nice distraction to talk boxing. On, on the other hand, it's like hard to watch television or read a newspaper anymore.
1: It's painful just switching on into life after you have the grace of opening your eyes in the morning. You never know what you're going to see outside. It is mass shooting in Los, mm-hmm. in Los mm-hmm. and our prayers go out to the families of those who've been injured and injured and killed in that attack. Lou, I'm glad we yeah, have you on this. That. We have a lot to go on. You know, you're never far removed from what's going on, like, at the top of the headlines of boxing. And this time, again, Deontay Wilder, another opponent test positive for a drug test is someone speaking out and finding Deontay's opponents once they become announced and are they slipping stuff in their food just to derail? Them?
4: I, I, I don't know, if it's, but I feel really bad for, for Deontay. I mean, like, you know, I, I think he's like, sort of, you know, this, this is sort of pushing him to the edge. He's yeah. sort of wondering, what did I do? You know? Um, you know, meanwhile, like, you know, we didn't have uh, people are talking about like whether the fight's going to happen. Um, You know, we're waiting to see, uh, you know, I guess there's going to be some follow-up with Ortiz over maybe a hair test could possibly be done um, on steroids, uh, you you know, whether or not they're in his system. Um, You know, it it appears that he may have been prescribed these drugs for some kind of a high blood pressure problem, um, which probably, by the way, will raise some questions with the New York Commission uh, about him getting checked out from a from a, uh, uh, a health standpoint, if that's the issue. Um, you know, Right now, even if the hair sample was negative, um, it's not Deontay's decision or mine as to whether the fight would even be allowed to, to occur. So at, at the moment, we're sort of in a holding pattern, but we've got to decide uh, probably in the next 24 to 48 hours. We're go- there's going to be a show November 4th. He's the heavyweight champion. He sat too long way too long, not for any fault of his or mine or anybody else's. He didn't want to fight Steverne. We had it took a long time to work out a step aside and um and this deal with Ortiz. Uh which is one of the things that makes disheartening that this happened. And you know, I'm not sitting here screaming cheater, cheater, cheater. Um, though at the very least there was some like uh real ignorance or or or, or, or a real like, you know, you know, a, a real a real bad mistake in not disclosing uh, the use of these, uh, you know, of these medications that are uh, prohibited under um, VADA. So, you know, it, the, the whole thing, there's not much to say, you know. It's like I've been through this three times in, in like, uh, what, uh, like a year and a half. I mean, it's sort of crazy.
1: Lou, how do you keep Deontay Wilder from – Kind of slipping into a depression When we've interviewed him before He's mentioned that When fights are fallen out It's been really emotionally It took it to his, its toll on him How do you keep him Engaged and inspired When things continue to happen to him
4: No you just try to be a friend You know you pick up the phone And you call and say You can only do the best you can You can't, you can't control other people and, and you're not in control Of, of blood tests and you know, just trust trust in uh, you know trust in some higher power and trust in the fact that everything will work out for the best. You're a clean guy and you're doing the right things. Look, part of what makes this this particular thing so disheartening and the fact that we're sitting here with all this uncertainty is that here's the guy that was going to go to Russia to fight Pivetkin, who everyone thought was the boogeyman. Now Pivetkin, I will say, is a miserable cheating piece of shit, and. And like, there's no question about that. His whole, I mean, he, he's earned the nickname Vetkin and, 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 you know, his career has been marked by Cheetah. And, um, and, you know, we want a legal case that allows me to say that. Um, and, and but, but, you know, after that fight, like it was weird that he got criticism for not fighting a guy who was, who was filthy in the guy's backyard. And when, when, you know, a ruling was made by other people because the guy was, like, loaded up on, uh, again, on some banned substance. And Deontay's taking a lot of heat for stuff that really is not, you know, in his control. So he, he like, he's the one who said, I don't care about the money. Like, this is no bull. I mean, we were paying you, big, big, big money to Vern to, to fight somebody else. But he would step aside so that Deontay... You know, could fight Luis Ortiz. And, and, and Ortiz is a very tough fight. He's a, he's a really, really good fighter. Um, one of the greatest amateur heavyweights in history and an undefeated left-handed heavyweight with power that nobody wants to go near. Um, but but the whole reason he wanted to fight was to prove that he was legit, you know, the best heavyweight in the world. Like to get, He wanted to quiet the critics and the haters. And now... You know, here, 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 this has occurred. And even, even if this wasn't cheating, even if this, this, this was a, a real bad state and not disclosing information, um, you know, he's being victimized once again. And and people should really have some like empathy and understand. Hey, this is a proud champion, and a lot of the stuff that's gone on in his career, I mean, the majority of the stuff that people are criticizing, isn't his. You know, isn't in his control. And with all due respect to AJ, uh, Anthony Joshua. Um, you know, 43 year old Klitschko uh, wasn't exactly like King Kong, uh, and not not to use a double entendre or a double meaning there. I mean, uh, you know, it, and by the way, if if if, if uh, you know, like, uh, if, if Beyonce ever had a chance to get into the ring with with uh, with Anthony, and he hurt Anthony the way Klitschko did, and I and I don't think Klitschko at that stage of his career was a particularly dangerous pun pun, you know. Uh, puncher and, and finisher, um, Deontay certainly would have finished that fight. I think, you know, and look, Deontay could have just taken a mandatory right now and waited out the eventful fight with Anthony Joshua. Instead, he reached for a fight that was the hardest fight for him that you could make in the world that was available to him. And here we are in this situation again. So, um, you know, I, 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 I wish boxing fans would be a little bit more understanding uh, toward a guy that has a lot of reasons to be upset.
1: Absolutely. So, Lou, where do we go?
4: We're, uh, you know, we're, we're, we're waiting for the B.C. Ortiz's people have submitted a bunch of information. Um, you know, there's we're going to look into whether there's, any, you know, a, a, anything that could be done to preserve the fight. And then, you know, sometime in the next probably 48 hours, we'll announce, you know, there's going to be a show in November 4th at Boston Center. There's an unbelievable undercard. Porter and Granada should be an all action fight. Deontay's gonna defend his title on that on that card. Um, you know, we'll figure out uh in the next forty eight hours exactly uh we, have to, we we sort of have to wait some things out here because we're not also here's another thing people don't understand. Like I'm getting all these stupid like you know, messages sent to me like about okay, you know, it's just like fight the guy, fight the guy. Well, this isn't a decision. You know, I, I didn't send we, we didn't send ourselves a letter from Vada saying he, he failed the, the the clean boxing program and he and he tested you know positive. So it's really not only, it's it's not our decision to be made um, here uh, you know alone. There are other decision makers uh, you know like the state athletic commission, like uh, the WBC, and, 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 and you know we're waiting for I guess what you would call quote unquote due process. Ortiz also has a chance to test the B sample, but the B sample is probably irrelevant here. Because you know he—he's the one thing he's done is he said I did take these substances, but I took them prescribed by a doctor for high blood pressure. Now it raises the question when you filled out forms, you know all these time, why wouldn't you just put it on the form? Why wouldn't you disclose it? And and I and I guess unfortunately for him, these substances are on the band list because they can also be used to mask steroids. And um, you know I'm not saying that that's how he was using them this time. But you know, like like I said, we didn't send ourselves a letter.
1: Well, let's turn and uh, look at some of the policies. going on. You have the big show coming up with on October 14th, the triple header with Arce, versus Trout Char- and Charlo versus Lubin happening there.
4: How oh, good respond- to respond? That's a, yeah, That that's a terrific action card from top to bottom. It actually has a purpose. There are three, you know, competitive, interesting fights on paper. Personally, like, I think the Charlo Lubin fight has, like, fight of the year potential on it. I mean, I think that could be just an explosive fight, and it's it's between two undefeated, you know, young studs, and, like, I'm really, really super looking forward to that fight. But the other two fights, you know, Gausha, undefeated Olympian, um... You know that's a huge test. You know, to, you know, getting in there with Lara, um, getting a shot at the belt, and and Austin Trout's the consummate pro. Um, you know, Jared Hurd has really impressed me in the last couple of years. Um, he's a string of really good wins, and you know, Austin Trout should give him a handful. So like, i I think that's a great show, and that's not a cost prohibitive show for fans. It's one where the ticket prices are really sort of like affordable and reasonable. You can get great seats, um, you know, without breaking the bank. You know, for around the cost you would pay to order a pay-per-view. So, like, if anybody's in the, you know, vicinity or the, the tri-state area or, or anyone wants to travel to, you know, to the Barclays Center on the 14th, I mean, and, and the undercard's going to be terrific. You have Tony Harrison in a competitive fight coming back on the undercard. Um, Cindy Serrano, one of the two champions, Serrano Sisters, will be on, uh, on you know, on the card. Um, the, the 14th of, is, is a great, great show. So, like, that's, you know, just really, really, really good boxing. You know, and I hope people come out and and, and check it out. You know, despite a lot of the, you know, the bad news that comes out and bad judging and and, fights that are put in jeopardy or whatever, it's still been a pretty good run for competitive boxing, um, you know, over this last 12 months. And on the 14th, that run's going to continue, and I'd like to see as many fans as possible at the Barclays Center on October 14th. They get their tickets through Ticketmaster or the – Parkley Center box office, et cetera.
1: Yeah, it looks like boxing is going to take the the swing back to the East Coast to close out the year strong. So a lot of good action, starting off with uh, the Laura Heard Charlo card on October 14th. So, Lou, we thank you for calling in this morning. We're looking forward to that card keep us updated on twitter with what's happening with with wilder and what's going to happen with him. I'm sure we'll see the stories coming out from various sources in the media, but we just hope to see him back in the ring the sooner than the later.
4: And uh, and good job ladies with this show. Uh, I I'm a I'm a actually a loyal listener, so good good job.
1: Thanks, Lou. Appreciate it. Take care. Take care. We are going to take a couple quick commercials and we'll come back with the, in case you missed it news, the weekend fight schedule and then we will close it out.
0: Are you an elite athlete looking to take your training to an elite level? Then Porter High Performance Center in Las Vegas is your number one spot. Our private training facility offers you high altitude chambers, a boxing ring with telestrators, cryogenics tubs, helix machines, a multi-purpose weight machine, and more. Come and train like an elite champion with us at Porter High Performance Center. For more information, contact us on social media at Porter High Performance and through former world champion at P. Are you an entrepreneur looking to find out where to start or develop a business plan? Are you looking to start a business or grow your business revenue? Are you a business owner that needs fresh new ideas or needs to solve challenges with strategy, marketing, or process? Red Beach Advisors is a management consulting group focused on helping entrepreneurs, startups, and companies build, grow, and scale. Contact Red Beach Advisors at info at redbeachadvisors.com or 424-247-6143. 424-247-6143 Red Beach Advisors helps companies build, grow, and scale through strategy, process, systems, and people. We are the experts. Contact us at 424-247-6143 or www.redbeachadvisors.com.
1: All right you guys, it is 8:48, so I'm going to run through some in case you missed the topics I already mentioned one as we waited for Lou. Canelo says he wants a Triple G. Triple G wants Canelo, but Jamal Charlo wants his mandatory WC mandatory fight against the Lovekin. So we will have to see what happens to that. Speaking of the WBC, and speaking of mandatories, and speaking of fights that should have been happening, Adonis Stevenson versus Eliander Alvarez, we've been reading, has been come to terms, but it looks like that fight may get pushed to 2018. They're currently in serious negotiations, but they haven't come to any type of finality. So it looks like that fight day could possibly get pushed into January 2018. Shocking. We'll have to wait to see an Adonis Stevenson fight. Oh my God! Don't cry, everybody. Okay. It says that uh, according to Boxing Scene, their mutual promoter Yvonne Michelle of John Yvonne Michelle Promotions is having a tough time. Matching a date and a venue that works for Showtime. Alvarez is the mandatory challenger. He has been the mandatory challenger for two years to Stevenson's WBC light heavyweight title. So right now, I guess the big hang up in negotiations is finding a place and a venue that works for Showtime. So we will keep an eye on that. Also, and in case you missed the news, heavyweights Tomas Adamek and Fred Cassie, are set to return to ring on November 18th. Fred Cassie, we've seen him in some good fights. He went life and death with Chris Arriola. Thomas Adamek, we have seen him in the ring, so it looks like they will be fighting each other. Also, swinging back to Adonis Stevenson, I should have said this one as I wrapped up the last story. Andre Ward's coach Virgil Hunter is now saying that there was no fighting, no money in, fight, in Andre Ward fighting against Adonis Stevenson. And that is probably adds to part of the reason of why he retired. So for those of you who were clamoring, who wanted to see Andre War run Stevenson a fade or vice versa, Virgil Hunter is saying that there was no money in the fight, and that's why it was never ser- taken very, very seriously. Also, and in case you missed it news, Sean Showtime Porter is back in the ring on November 4th at the Barclays Center as part of this East Coast Swing that's going to close out the boxing for the year 2017. He will be taking on Adrian Granados. That's a great, fun fight. It could be a lot of action. And that's also great for not only for Sean Porter, who's been out of the ring. He had to withdraw from his last fight on the Mayweather-McGregor undercard due to some family uh, loss in the family and some family issues. So it's great to see him back. And it's also great to see Adrian Granados. He has been desperate, desperate, desperate calling for fights. And to see him finally in a quality fight, I'm sure he is very pleased, and we as the fans will likely get a great fight. Mm-hmm. Also, and in case you missed it, news for those who are friends uh, are uh, fans of Orlando Salito, It looks like he is testing the waters with a new trainer, and that new trainer is none other than Abel Sanchez. It's been reported that Orlando Salito has arrived in Big Bear for a test run with Abel Sanchez as he prepares for his next fight. On November twenty fifth, opponent to be announced. No opponent yet, but it looks like he's trying to check things out with Abel Sanchez to see if it could be a great fit. So we'll see what happens to that. If it is, the Salito Explosive Style, the the Abel Sanchez Zencom of the Summit Training Center might be a good match. You never know. We'll wait and see. And lastly, and in case you missed it news. Gerald "Big Baby" Miller will be making his HBO debut on November 11 against Mar- Mara's Watch. Gerald "Big Baby" Miller said he's wanted the big fights, the big opportunities and now is his chance. He's going to put his big mouth and his big hands to the test in his pro in his uh, HBO debut, excuse me, on November 11th, So be sure to watch for that. To close out the show, because we are coming up on the top of the hour, I will run through the weekend fight schedules. Pretty light weekend. There are some fights out there, a lot of local fights in your general areas, but we will give you, I will give you the ones that will make it to TV, so you can check them out on Friday, October 6th, here from my hometown, from Los Angeles, on Estrella TV. Christian Chimpa Gonzalez will be taking on Gamaliel Diaz. And Edgar Valerio versus Martin Cardona in the co-feature that will be on Estrella TV, so be sure to look out for that courtesy of Golden Boy. On Saturday, October 7th, and you can watch it um, on AWE TV from Manchester, England, Anthony Corolla will take on Ricky Burns. And in the co-feature, Sam Eggington will take on Mohammed Minouan for Eggington's European welterweight title. So if you have A-W-E, you can watch it there. On Audience Network, on same-day tape from Stuttgart, Germany, Chris Eubank Jr., who we talked about. Uh, Jake says he picks uh, him in a rematch against Billy Joe Saunders, if they have or have it. Chris Eubank Jr. will be fighting in the World Boxing Super Series quarterfinals against Avni Yadiram. So you can watch that on Audience Network. Also on the car, Farad Arslan versus Mauricio Barragon. Uh, Cruiserweights in the co-feature, and also on the same day, from Tampico, Mexico, on BN Sports Español, Jorge Paez Jr. versus Felipe de la Paz, and in the co-feature, Tomas Rojas versus Edivaldo Ortega. So you can watch those on Saturday on BN Sports. And that is your weekend fight schedule. So before we sign off, I would like to thank Jake Donovan for Jake's take. Great to be with you, as always. Thank you to our guest, Lou DiBella, for bringing us up to date on what's happening with the Wilder situation, the Povetkin, what happened with the Povetkin and the judgment situation, and the good things that are coming up with this card card coming up um, on October on October 14th, the Lara Gaucher, Her Trout, Charla Lubin card that will be taking place at the Barclays Center. So if you're in the New York area, make sure you go check that one out on October 14th. Today's show was brought to you by Boxing Insider, Porter High Performance Center, Nationwide Warranties Champs Boxing Club, War Tape Brand, Bernie's Boxing, Red Beach Advisor, and the WBC Care, and also our new sponsor, who will be sponsoring the In Case You Missed Segment, Undeterred. Undeterred is a fine purveyor of T-shirts. Undeterred, preserving despite setbacks. Are you undeterred? Visit Undeterred at undeterred.bigcartel.com and shop their selection of statement-making teas. So make sure you visit Undeterred and check them out. They have some really, really great stuff. You'll probably see some stuff popping up in my social media because I already have some of their stuff. That's how we met. But anyway, thank you again for listening. We'll be back next Monday. Your girl, RB, will be back with me. I know you missed her. I missed her too. It's not the same when she's not around. So thank you for listening, and goodbye.